as as always, the uh, class revolves around the first pasuk in the parsha. The pasuk says, "Shayftim v'shaytrim kitan v'achal v'achal sharech." Shayftim v'shaytrim that the Jewish people are given a mitzvah of appointing judges, and shaytrim means militia, police, civil militia, enforcers. Kitan v'achal, you have to give v'achal sharech in all your gates. Right? The translation of the word kitan means to give. It doesn't say tasim, you should place. It says titan, you should give. Lecha means to yourself. Shoiftim, judges, v'shaytim, and enforces. Titan, you should give lecha to yourself. V'chol sharech and all of your gates. Asher Hashem alekecha, that God Almighty, naisein lecha lishvatecha, gives to you, to your various tribes. V'shaftu asal mishpat tzedek, and they will judge the people a judgment of justice, of righteousness. Now, there are so many nuances in this passage I can't begin to tell you. But the obvious one is he starts off with Lashen Yachid and finishes Lashen Rabbim. Shevtim v'shevtim titen lacha. It doesn't say titen titnu lachem. Right? Hashem v'kechem is saying lachem lishvatecha. Right? And then he changes to not v'shafat, no v'shaftu. And they collectively will judge the people mishpat tzedek. Now I want to share this with you. I was preparing today's class and what dawned on me is we're learning Chumash. And we learn the first pasuk of the parsha. Now, on the one hand, the first pasuk of the parsha is usually a pasuk with lots of commentary, which makes these classes very rich. Um, in other words, later on, in, if this class persists, we're going to get to psukim that we're going to have actually much less to say on the pasuk. This, these, so the first psukim is lots, but there's actually a, an aspect to the first pasuk in each parsha which makes it pretty easy to teach. Usually, the first pasuk of a parsha is non halachic. Mm-hmm. Because the moment you read a pasuk that involves halacha, so then you have the shas. You know, you're looking at madrashim and mefarshim and chumish, it's manageable. The minute you start entering into the realm of gemara and halacha, it's a bottomless pit, it never finishes. This is a din. This is probably the first time that we have the pasuk of the first pasuk of the parsha, which doesn't speak about any of the pasuk speaks the matter of halacha. So theoretically, we could run the gemara, the gemara is Sanhedin daf tezayin, as it turns out. And the Rambam, which I actually contemplated doing, but uh, we're not going to do that. We're going to try and make this as mikradik, as medrishdik, as pshatdik as possible, and avoid the halachic turn of this pasuk. Although it, it's it's a little bit unfair to the Torah, you know. If you're learning a chumash, you got it. Halacha is the part of Torah most thoroughly enlightened and clarified and edified. No part of Torah has as much commentary on it as, as the law. Additionally, to do this entire pasuk is far too much. I don't know how we should divide it. Divide it in half, divide it in third. But we're certainly leaving the shaft to us on Mishpat Tzedek for next year. A little bit we're going to do, a little bit we're not going to do. You notice I made a line before the word Asher. But the last words of the pasuk, the shaft to Mishpat Tzedek, are squarely set aside for Tav Shin Samaches, by the grace of God. The shaft was armed, and they will judge the people. Mishpat tzedek, a judgment of justice or righteousness. But at the very least, we need to taste the halachic relevance of this pasuk, the halachic dimension of this pasuk. So we're going to begin the class on page four, which is our good friend the Yalkut Shemoni. The Yalkut is a Yalkut. A Yalkut means it's a compilation of information and sources. If you look on page four, I made three arrows 
one of which is totally obscured by the staple, the other of which is obscured in part by the staple, and one which is totally exposed. On the left side of the page, near the top, you've got three arrows in succession. We're going to begin there, because this is the Gemara. The classic Gemara that interprets this Pasuk. And basically, this Pasuk, Shaiftim V'Shaiftim Tita V'Chabchal Shadecha, is the source of the mitzvah of Sanhedrin. The 630 mitzvahs in the Torah, one of the 630 mitzvahs, the mitzvahs to have a court system, judges. And in Ramam they're called Hilcha Sanhedrin, the laws of judges. The source of the union of judges in Halacha and Chumash is this Pasuk, Shaiftim V'Shaiftim V'Chabchal Shadecha. This has been mentioned on other occasions. But this is the source of the halacha of uh, appointing judges. This this pasuk The Rebbe in his sicha, which we're just going to pass by as we journey through the stack. But the sicha begins on page eleven. It explains many things. Amongst the many things that Rebbe touches on in his sicha is how come we don't consider it two separate mitzvahs: shayftim, the shaytim, judges and enforcers. Judges are academics. Judges are scholars. Judges are intellectuals. Enforcers are, are enforcers. They're, you know, they're where they go. They're, they're, they're court clerks. They're police officers. They're they're pretty much professional. What's the word? Uniformed bullies. That's what their job is. The two total different characters, and yet halacha klishayfet and is one mitzvah. And the Rebbe explains why that is. Um, but in any case, we are now going to learn a gemara. Even though it's not from the text of the Gemara, this is a Gemara that the Yalka quotes. This is the classic source of the Allah of Sanhedrin, which are extracted from our Pasuk. So we're reading on the left side of the page, on page 4, Tanur Abbanan, the first word on the line, it's 10 lines from the top. Nine lines up. How do we know that there's a requirement to appoint judges amongst the Jewish people? Talmud Leimah, the answer is because the Pasuk says, You must appoint judges. Shaitim li How do you know you have to appoint enforcers? Talmud leim shaitim titim You have to appoint shaitim. Shaitim lochal shevet v'shevet minai. And the idea that it's not sufficient to have judges for the nation, but you have to designate separate courts by tribe. Talmud leim shaitim lishvatecha. This is all words from this first passage. Judges per tribe. Shaitim lochal shevet v'shevet minai. How do you know that you have to have separate enforcers per tribe? Talmud leim. You have to have judges, enforcers for each tribe. How do you know you have to have judges for every city? On all of your gates, all means each city. So this is the source of the halachas of Sanhedrin. You're going to see a mitzvah later on as this evolved, the Ramban essentially really quotes this Gemara, that the union of a court system, the union of a Sanhedrin is not a mitzvah It's not a commandment that's connected to the Holy Land. Right? There are certain mitzvahs that are connected to the Holy Land. Like uh, the Holy Allahs of Agriculture, Truma, Maisa, Shviyas. But court system is not limited to the Holy Land, it's limited to human beings. Yet, there is a fundamental difference in the model and the design of a court system in Eretz Yisrael versus the model design of a court system outside of Eretz Yisrael. And Eretz Yisrael, everything is very proper. The order is very, very disciplined. And essentially, um, there's different dimensions. There's a there's a high court, of which there were three. The highest court sat in the base of Mikdash proper, Lishkas Agazis. They sat in the outer half of the room because in the inner half of the room they were not able to sit because the room was half Kaidish and half Choyel. 
So they sat in the Choyl half of them, because the Kodesh half, you're not allowed to sit only for Malchai Vildoi. Then there was a second uh, Sanhedrin, a second court, a smaller court, in the, in, the Azara, in the outer courtyard. And then there was a third court, uh, uh, less uh, in Yerushalayim. There's, of course, sources and data for why these courts were necessary, and there was a lot of rigor, a lot of order, a lot of beauty to how it was structured. The highest court has 71 members, and opposite them sat three rows of Sanhedrin, 23, 23, 23, which equals to 69. The 69 and 71, Chaps Bediuk, 140. And if one of the members of the high court got sick or died or wasn't able to make it, everybody moves up a seat. And the highest person in the first bench moves up to the high Sanhedrin, and everybody slides over one, and they bring the highest member from the Sanhedrin, which was in the uh, Harabayas, and put him in the last seat of the last row of the three rows. That's how it was designed. In other words, there was a lot of formality, there was a lot of beauty to the design of the Sanhedrin. In addition, there were tribal Sanhedrins. Every Shevet had a, a Supreme Court. Like you had the Supreme Court of the state of New York, and then you had the Supreme Court of the United States of America. That, I would argue that that model reflects um, the, base, the Jewish model. Although in, in America, every state has different laws, which is why you need to have separate Supreme Courts. But in the times of the Beis everyone has the same laws. One Supreme Court. Huh? One now, there's a state Supreme Court. Uh, there's a state Supreme Court. And then there's the federal court. And there's this federal Supreme Court. And uh, the Beis in Israel, there were all of these rules. You had to have a, a tribal supreme court, and then you had to have a court in every city. And the court had 23 members. It wasn't a small court. I mean, our supreme court, Hasachak, had 11 members. 23 members, and in, 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 there had to be also people sitting opposite them in training, so to speak, to climb up the rung to reach the status of being members of the, of the Sanhedrin. And it, it was a whole system of, of growing, you know, of, of, of what you would call promotion. Until you actually had the schus to sit in the in the Sanhedrin Gdela that sat in the base of Mikdash, that the Chazal say that they were pushed through Hakadosh over there, and when they passed, this was the word of the Eibishter. You had it in last week's parsha. This is right. The issue is as a result If someone is a zokin mamri, a great scholar, a brilliant scholar, he disagrees with Sanhedrin Gdela, and he refuses to back down. He insists he's right and they're wrong. He's put to death. That was the for disagreeing with them, not even for doing anything, for simply not conceding that he's wrong and they're right. He has to accept the fact that they have the authority to pass him. It doesn't matter whether or not he feels they're making a mistake. This is the way Teiru was given. You have to follow the Sanhedrin. So in Eretz Yisrael, there was a lot of beauty and order to the design of the Sanhedrin. And all of this is learned from this week's parasha. It says, So we learn from this. You have to have a high court. Chol Shadacha means every city. And Vishvatecha means every Shevet. So essentially you have three tiers. You have the local, you have the state, and you have the federal. You have the city, you have the tribe, and you have the Supreme Court, which is in Yerushalayim, which essentially was three different courts. And all of this is being studied in this Gemara, Mithechaz and Hedin, Daftazayin, Amit Beis, by analyzing our first Pasek. Yes, go ahead. No, I just couldn't help but wonder because you said they could never argue the point after it was been decided. But in we, the highest court, I understand that. But we have the, now we argue procedure. Meaning, if you want to make an appeal, you don't argue the, the facts of the case. You you argue procedure. You say something was wrong in the procedural. Well, you can argue the facts of the case also. You argue whatever you can argue. You argue whatever you can argue. You find an argument, right? 
And the halacha did not permit you to jump from court to court. The halacha permitted you to choose a court. But you were bound by that psak din. The Zalkin Mamri is a Jew who's pushed a brilliant scholar and he's taking on the establishment. He says, you guys are wrong. And he's entitled to take them on. He's entitled to argue. But he's not entitled to refuse to concede. He makes his case. He goes... In other words, there's two issues. There's, there's the Sanhedrin who are paskining business matters, jurisprudence. You cannot jump from Sanhedrin to Sanhedrin. You know, when two people have litigation, the, the nitpa, the defendant, gets to choose the court, not the plaintiff. Which is why, if you know how, how people deal with Dine is they want to set themselves in a position where they're the defendant rather than the plaintiff. They want to be able to choose um, the court because it can be to their advantage, or they think so. Um, you can't change courts once that's established. You're stuck with that court. But you can choose. You can say, I don't like my local court, I want to go to Sanhedrin. You have that authority, you have that right. You can do that here. Huh? You can do that here in, in, in the United States. I know people where they were accused of certain crimes, and the guy lives in New York. They said, we go to New Jersey. Well, I don't know, I know the situation where they... Oh, because there's different laws. Could just push a different law from state New to Jersey, state. New York. You can change a venue if it's unfavorable, but it has to have something to do with the case. It has to be right. a reason to go to New Jersey right. if it's part of the case. Right. It's different different laws. But you can't choose. Sure, okay. you can choose. I mean, you, can, you can't really choose. It's but an you unfavorable can venue, like the way you, you can um, appeal. First of all, right. There's, there are cases where they've moved cases, very famous cases, out of uh, one uh, uh, jurisdiction uh, jurisdiction to another because they felt that the person couldn't get a fear hearing for racist reasons or because he was very popular. You know, it's, it's happened. In any case, so, you, okay, so now, Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, Yehuda says, Echad One was appointed above all the other courts. You have to give to you. Which, which, which is the dirk? The word titan and the word lecha. I'm not certain, but the, the idea is that there's a Russian yachid here, which indicates that there's one you. above all the rest. Uh-huh. The pasuk says to your own tribe you should be judged that it's mitzvah. It is preferable for tribes to be judged by their own court. In other words, even though you do have the right to say I want to go to the Supreme Court to Sanhedrin Yerushalayim, it's ideal to be judged by members of your own tribe. And I want you to know that one of the things that the Mephoshim, of course, say is that although there was this order of local courts and, so to speak, shavit courts and then universal courts, the halacha says that every judge has to be willing to listen to any case, even if it's outside of his tribe. And the Tehidah gives specific instructions that the judge has to be careful not to be biased towards members of his tribe, although he is a tribal court, which is kind of difficult to do, but that's the halacha in principle. Now, the Gemara says like this. This is the Gemara, this is the source of the Allah of Sanhedrin. I, I would feel remiss if I didn't begin the class with this. The, the legal system, the court system, is always applicable. Because we always, you know, life is true in Chutzlades, Tashik is true in Eretz Yisrael. Minan Amili watched the source, the Tanarabon, the Gemara says, based on the Pasuk, these should be to you, Luchuk Asmish, but the laws that are of judgment of Dere Seichem, um, to all your generations. Skip the parenthesis, all over the world, in all of your places of habitation. This teaches us, to the court system, there's necessary to have a court system in Israel and in the diaspora. 
Okay? In Cain, if that were the case, it's in heaven to be all over. What is the meaning of the word in your gates? And for the Gemara, Bisharachi, in Eretz Yisrael, there is a very beautiful order and symmetry and, you know, hierarchy to the court system. That Hashemoshev Dayanim is obligated to establish a court in every state, in every city. And of course, then you have the tribal court and then the the uh, Supreme Court, the, the uh, federal court system, outside of Israel, you do not have an obligation to establish a unique court for each state, uh, nor is it necessary to have a court system in every city, as long as there's sufficient courts to hear all cases and to ask, answer all questions, and that's enough. In other words, the beauty of Shaitan Vishaitan was in Israel. The technical necessity for judges is applicable all over. Now, um, okay, we can keep reading. By saying that there's an hedin in every gate, the Gemara indicates, interprets that this means to say that there's an hedin. This is a sifri. It's, it's not a Gemara. That the sanhedin, a, a, a lesser court, is also warranted, is also authorized to deal with capital cases. It doesn't necessarily have to have sanhedin. Just as the great court can judge and kill, so too the smaller court can judge and kill. <coughs> and that's it. There's, there's more halachas. The shaftos on Balkarkan, they can force the judge people against uh, with their wishes. And the uh, Mishpat Tzedek will talk about uh, with Hashem's help. So this is the basic halachas of Sanhedrin. This is more or less it. Of course, it gets obviously very, very involved. But this is the basic halachas. Now, I'd like you to go to the base, which is the right side of your page. Okay? You see the base? Dovarach. Another interpretation of the Pasuk, Shoftim, Veshoitrim, you have to apply to all your gates. And the, of course, the, the issue that they're all observing is First of all, I mean, there's so many questions. What does it mean, titain? You should give. You should say, tosin. Lecha, to yourself. Why to yourself? To, to the Jewish people. And why is it singular? I mean, every word of this Pasuk is, is shredded by the Mafash. Bechol Sharech, and all of your gates. What does all of your gates mean? Right? And there is a Hashem that the God Almighty gives you as an inheritance which is singling out the Holy Land. It's singling out the and so forth and so on. Um, every word is analyzed, okay? But here he brings like, a Gavaldi Kipshati, a very practical one, a very useful insight. He says, Marshal of Malachat analogous to a king Shalei Banam Habi, has many children. However, he loved the junior child more than anybody else. He had one particular garden, orchard. He loved that orchard, that fruit field, more than any other. He gave his favorite fruit garden to his choicest son, to the youngest. More than nations of the world love Israel. The Jewish people are the junior of all the nations. They came the latest. All the nations happened after the, after the great flood. Right? The 70 nations are described in Bashas Neach after the great flood. Avraham Avinu is not born until 10 generations later. And his nation is not born until 7 generations mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. I love them. Libni and from Egypt I called them my children, right? Uksiv and it's written Aniyah deShem Oyev Mishpat. I love the Jews. I also love justice. I also love equity. I also love accountability. I also love 
law and order. And therefore, he gave judgment to the Jewish people. And the Almighty says, uh, when you guard judgment, when you judge yourselves and you hold yourself accountable to law and order, I remain above. Who's the God of hosts? Ascends when there is judgment, right? Descend my shechina amongst you. Shenem, as the pasuk says, the holy God becomes holy to us. In other words, makiv over us. Niktash. When did he become sanctified over us? Pitztaka to justice and righteousness and um, charity. And then he goes on to speak more about this idea. And of course, the end of it is going to be what happens if we fail to judge? Then he descends not in Vakela Kadesh Nitesh Bitzdaka to bring the Shechid to Kalah Yisrael, but he descends Chasashalom to judge us if we Uh-oh. fail to judge ourselves. See, I just thought it wasn't he wouldn't be exalted. Okay. Not that. No, no, no. The exaltedness means he has a relationship that's aloof, so he can afford to be compassionate and kind. When we judge, he can be the nice guy. But if we're uh, on, if we're corrupt uh-huh. and we don't hold ourselves responsible one another responsible no person can hold himself responsible the legal system assumes that every person has a bias towards himself and the legal system is supposed to resolve that if we fail to resolve the tendency towards corruption in the human race Hashem says I'll be the judge and when Abish is a judge he can't afford to be the compassionate one so it's much better for us to bring the judgment, the Gemara says, "Kishyash, do we see it in the moment of Ben Bchai? Kishyash din lamato, ain't din lamayl." If there's judgment down here, there's no God can be the nice guy. Avu kishay ain't din lamato, but if there's no judgment down here, David has no choice. He says, "I love you," and then I'm giving you ju- judgment, law and order, like it says in the Mishnayis. In Pekiyavis, you should always pray for the survival of your government, even if they're such nice people, because they'll mole meirav. Not that there's a fear of law and order, of punishment, what they call corrections, people would swallow each other up alive. People take government for granted. People take what they have for granted. Law and order. I mean, for the most part, people are not going to hurt you. Not because they're such nice people, because they don't want to get hurt. They don't get punished. This is something which in America is taken for granted. You go to South America, you go to Asia, where everything is broken down. A friend of mine just, he lives in Caracas, Venezuela, where a friend of his came to someone's house, and after the meal on Friday night, he walked outside and he hesitated a little bit on the front steps. And uh, there was a shootout for his car. And his kid was sitting in the car, in the, in the baby seat. He says, let me take my child out. No, no. Anyway, it's a whole shootout. And he shot and killed a guy with a cop. The cop was involved in this oh, operation. Yeah. Oh, to, he wasn't to, no, not as a cop. Jack his, no. He wanted his car. They were jacking his car and they car. wouldn't let him take his baby out. He says, take my car, give me my child. Do you understand? So he, he shot and killed a cop because the took, cop was was the gunner. He took his own gun out. Yeah, he shot he him in the shoulder. He shot him in the shoulder and he thought that he was dead, so he didn't pay attention to him. There were other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this, this is this is this is daily life in Caracas, Venezuela, with our good friend Chavez. I'm not sure he's okay. The point is, law and order is not mean. It's such a blessing. Is law and order without corruption? Of course not. But without law and order, it's Rahman al-Islam. Law and order is a gift that the Ibishta gave Yidin. Someone's going to say, well, why couldn't he give us a gift of compassion? Why does he give us a gift that's so tough and so exacting and so... It's the greatest act of love. 
He says, Abishta loves fairness and equity. So he gave it to us because he loves us. He gave us the ability to govern ourselves. Not one person to govern himself. Nobody governs himself. As we discussed before the Shia started. The community governs. The community governs. And if the community fails to govern, the Abishta says, I will. You understand? Let's go, let's go straight to the Rebbein Bahai, which is Please. page 5. Just flip over your stack. Okay, now this is the Rebbein Bahai at the beginning of Shaftim. Wow. And as is typical of the Rebbein Bahai, he always begins with a prefix, which is more Musa than anything else. So, and the, I didn't even print the first page, because he goes into this whole discourse about Shalom, about peace. Okay? And I'm beginning to read on the right side of the page where you've got the arrows there. I try to make it very decorative. I want it to look very artful. I'm so. busy on this page. Ukshem Ukshem Kiyam Ha'olam Just as peace is the survival of the world So two judgments of the survival of the world But you have to understand the connotation Peace sounds like such a sweet, nice, romantic thing Law and order sounds fearful, sounds intimidating I mean the worst thing that ever happened to a person is to have to go into a court Even if you win it's such a brutal event it's a brutal experience because the legal system is not sensitive the legal system you know it's about disclosure it's about uh, giving your word and being bound by your word confrontation it's confrontation and in a legal case things are going to come out that that better not come out but that's the way the legal system works the Torah says Hashem loves Shalom Hashem loves Rachman and Hashem loves Mishpat you should never need it but God forbid you shouldn't have it. Because this is a, it sustains a civilization. So let's see what he says. Peace is such a wonderful, nice thing. And mishpat, justice. Justice sounds so, so black and white, so brutal. I don't even mean lawyers. Forget about lawyers. I mean bunch of judges. It's also kiyam ha'ilam. Shel ma'alea mishpat, if not for judgment, ha'ibriyaz gezlin, v'chemsin, v'hergim, z'ezeh, people would steal and extort and murder one another for the world will not survive and that's what the Pasuk says it is judgment that stains the world that the Pasuk says in the end of the Pesach the world says on three things there has to be judgment there has to be law and order we should never need it but if we needed it or even if situations aroused, arose that required it Thank God that we have it. But this is considered one of God's favorite things, equity and fairness. Now I want you to know the way this works. There's a Gemara Masech the Baba Metziah that says that the base Amikdash was destroyed because Jewish people insisted on in following the law to the letter. The Gemara is Nechel the base Amikdash destroyed because people established their words in the laws of the Tehra. Like the Gemara. That's wonderful. Destroying the base of English is people following the legal system to the law, the letter of the law, for it should be. And for the Gemara, because there was no Lefnimi Shodazadeh, there was no Sisagashadeh beyond the letter of the law, there was no compromise, there was no forgiving, there was no human touch, it was all legal, all, you know, forgive my candor, you know, right wing Republican. My dollar, you starve, I don't care. You know? Now, here is the complexity to this Gemara. The Rav, doesn't have the right to compromise. So he can't be compassionate. He cannot. But the litigants can. The people involved can be people. And uh-uh. 
the judge, once you bring it into the court system, it has to be, without, the law has to be filed in a letter. The people involved have the right of being human beings. And when they refuse, so there's a legal system. Nobody's telling from anybody. But they're not people. They're not mentioned. Because a mensch is Vasis, a Yosha, a There's a whole Pasuk, a whole Gemara, which is Bikachelem and Nalvayis Ameis. It's Pshadot, Lifting Mishodos Adin, going beyond the level of law. It's compromising, it's forgiving. You don't have to win every argument. You have to win every argument. But for them, the threat of Dintayda, you want to deal with people with, with a margin forever. The court system does not permit that. And when people insist... Nor suggest it. Huh? Nor suggest it. What do you mean? The system wasn't saying... No, 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 no. The system always suggests it before it takes the case. You go to an over the dentator, the first thing that Rav does is talk you out of it. If, if, he's, if he's only a decent Rav, and I mean this decent, this person, Aloha, is say, you, you really don't want to bring this to a court case. Let's find a common ground. Pshara. Everybody wins. If it becomes a war, things are going to come out. It's going to get dirty. It's going to get personal. You're going to create enemies which you'll have for the rest of your life. And even if you win, you're losing. Settle. You see in, in civil litigation that... Yeah, because because, because yeah. lawyers are involved. <laughs> and and lawyers have so much... And they have so much money to make. Lawyers will not let you compromise. You have to fight with your lawyer to settle. And it's usually the right thing to do. Hmm. You need wisdom to say... Well, a couple gets from a divorce. They fight like cats in the What are you fighting about? That the lawyer and the court system should get the money you're fighting over? It's retarded. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Settle. Settle. So the Gemara says, a civilization, that everything goes to the courts, is, a, is, is not a civilization. The court system has to be mishpat. And it's all oh, David still loves it. But people have to be mentioned. What I want to tell you, what I want to tell you, you the Mishnah picking up, sorry? You finished the story. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Right. This morning, Pasha. Right. This is what he says. This is what he says. That, oh wait, I wanted to say this. The Mishnah picking up says something very powerful. The Mishnah says that, that, Ho'imer, uh, one who says, Shali, Shali, Vishalach, Shalach, what's mine is mine, but yours is yours. This is called Mida Begas. This is the Mida of the average person. But then the Mishnah says, the Yashai Mirim. Yours is yours and what's mine is yours. No. What's yours is yours and what's mine is mine. What's yours is yours. What's mine is mine. That's Republican, right? You put up a fence. I don't tell you good morning. You don't tell me good morning. Okay? Don't make noise after 9 o'clock. And that's it. Mind your own business that we used to laugh about the American sickness. So This is Doim. So Doim was not destroyed because they were immoral. They were immoral too. But Stein was destroyed because he had no heart. They saw that, like Rob, they saw compassion as weakness. And civilization is based on compassion. And the legal system is not allowed to be compassionate. That's the way it works. So now follow that, sh- that ladder, that shoot all the way down to the other side of the other page. Gogl Toyah HaMishpat. The power of judgment is great. When we do judgment on the land, doesn't have to sit in judgment. He can be the nice guy, which is a great idea. You know, I, I, I'm reading this, I'm thinking of the Rebbe. The Rebbe was a decisive man. The Rebbe was a leader. 
he knew what he wanted, clearly. And he knew how to go from point A to point B. And he was begging us over and over again, please don't make me make the decision. You decide. You have to fire a person, you have to hire a person, you have to resolve nonsensical politics that I'll get involved. But I'm the rabbi. Let me be the nice guy. Why do you have to force me to judge? Because I'm going to cut it like a knife. Because that's the way it has to be. You know, you can think of individual stories, Pashat, where the Rebbe said, keep me out. Resolve, I'll be, I'll love you, and I'll love you. You're right, and you're right. You're wrong, and you're wrong. I'm above it. And there were instances where people simply didn't have the Rebbe the choice, and he made a decision. He hurt people, or did this one, or that one. He stuck to it, because he's a leader. But he would say he'd much prefer resolve it amongst yourselves. So let me be that compassionate one. Why do you have to put me in a position like that? It's not good for you. Sekvayach says, when you judge, I'm nice. But if we don't provide ourselves with a legal system, so brings the Madrish, and he brings the Madrish, four lines in the bottom, there's no judgment, there's no gvudas on earth, the judgment is in heaven. When the Ebrish sits in judgment, that's not a good thing. He punishes. But the Ebrish is merciful at all times. There is a conflict and it's much better if he's only in the merciful mode and doesn't have to balance or resolve the judgment with the compassion and it's in our hands and that's the mitzvah to establish a legal system okay this was more or less this was more or less a halachic insight into this process of course we did plenty of musad but it was musad that's based um on, uh, on, um, on the halach. Let's go back to page four. Just flip over your package one more time, and we're going to read the third medish that I indicated. And this is also, this is also the Satan Chum. First line on top of the second column. You can barely see the arrow. Shaitim elo adayan. Shaitim means judges. Shaitim elo apanasim shamanigim asayidah. Shaitim means the uh, political leadership that oversees the people. If there's no enforcement, if there's no legal system, if there's no uh, political system, the judge is powerless. A person became guilty, the courts found him uh, liable. If there's no enforcer, she hates him to extract from him what he owes. The judge is helpless, and the judge becomes a mockery. If not for the enforcement of Yoyov, David the Malach was powerless in judgment. And he brings it to Pasuk. So this is the system that has to be judges, and has to be enforcers. And I mentioned to you at the outset that the Rebbe brings in the Sikh, which is printed in the back of the stack, that um, it's one mitzvah say, and not two mitzvah say, even though they're two separate inyanim, and the Rebbe has a whole explanation for why it's one mitzvah, not two mitzvah. Okay? Without any further ado, let's go back to the first page. And now we'll do what we're more comfortable with. We'll do more a mikradika, a more philosophical analysis as opposed to a, a more literal um, halachic one. Okay? Now there's going to be some repetition. It's inevitable. But let's try to stick to creative things. In other words, points that we're going to have now in these Rishonim that are not found in the Gemaras that we just studied and this Abin Okay? Rashi. Shaiftim means judges who determine the law. 
Vishaitrim and the the enforcers Haraidim Islam Ahmed who pushed the people after their command, Bemakal or Tsu with a stick and with a whip, Achiya Kabal Allah is Dinashir. You should accept upon himself the judgment of the judge. Interprets the Rebbe in the Sikh, which we're not going to have a chance to do, which is printed in this stack, beginning on page eleven, that there's a very interesting subtlety to the way Rashi translates Shaitir. He doesn't translate Shaitir as an enforcer who makes you do what the judge says. He's an intimidator who makes you be willing to follow the judge. You hear? The language of Rashi, actually, he should accept the the judge, means to say, he intimidates you to say, you know what? I like your judgment. Not, I'm going to do it and I hate it, but there's a certain subtlety to the role of the shoiter who's not forcing you to do it, he's forcing you to agree with it, forcing you to accept it. And the Rebbe says, this is the explanation. For why Shevet and Shaitan is one mitzvah, not two mitzvahs, because the Shevet doesn't just give a verdict. The Shevet gives a verdict and sees it through. The job of the judge is not just to give the verdict, but to make sure it's carried out. The Shevet simply helps the Shevet achieve the Shevet's role, which involves seeing the judgment through to, 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 uh, to realization, to actual fact. Okay, every city. Lishvatacha means that every tribe has to have its own. Um, court system, and if you'll skip the first lishvatech and go to the second one, malamech and meshivin dayam, there's a necessity to appoint judgments of choshevet v'shevet, tribal courts, and then v'cholivet to every city. This is all, of course, in addition to the Sanhedrin Gedele, which was in Yerushalayim. Okay. Where do you see that actually uh, kabbal, where he just without force? No, no, it is with force, but the force is not to get you to do it. The force is to be makabalit. To want to do it. To makabal means intellectually to be makabalit. So essentially the shaitan is not an enforcer, he's an intimidator. But he's a presence. He's doing it with, with Michael. With fine, the, fine. It's like the case where a person doesn't want to give his wife a divorce and they hit him until he says, okay, I'll do well, Maybe that's the intent here, but the Rebbe's Sikhi is based on the Contradictions between Shaitim and Pasha's Devarim. Over there also you have Shaitim Lishivtechem. And actually translates it differently. So the Rebbe is analyzing why here it's translated in one way and there it's translated in a different way. And he concludes that the Shaitim in our Pasha is simply the assistant of the Shaitim. He's not a separate entity. Mm-hmm. And the point is, the Shaitim's job is not just to say where the law is, it's the Shaitim's job to see that it's carried out. And the Shaitim helps him. But it's not the shaitan's job to pask him and then he goes to sleep and the shaitan worries about him seeing it through. It's the job of the shaitan. And he brings that eye of precious pimp. Um, uh-huh. Now the Mice of Rashi says more or less the same thing, perhaps a little bit different. Let's go to the Ebenezer. Ebenezer is very interesting. AFLP, second se- section on the bottom of the first page. Shekol mitzvah, mitzvah, medes Each commandment is a thing unto itself. In other words, commandment by definition, these are the rules. You don't got to like them. You don't have to make sense of what God wants. Yesh kidmuz drash You can extract what amounts to a medrash type analysis or insight about the links between the related subjects in various pashas. What was the last discussion at the end of the previous pasha? Pass me the chumash. It spoke about the mitzvah of the triannual pilgrimage, the the mitzvah of aliyah leregel. The end of pasha said, "A talked about the idea that a person must go three times a year to the base hamikdash," and it says. Three times a year, all of your males will be seen, the face of God Almighty, 
And then it says, you should not come alone. Each one according to the gift of his hand, according to the blessings of God, that he gave you. That's how you should bring Karbanas to the Beis HaMikdash. So the last discussion in the previous passage was about the mitzvah of going to the Beis HaMikdash. And the mitzvah of bringing stuff with you as gifts of thanksgiving and so forth According to, your to, the, to, your, to your financial uh, condition. So the Ebenezer says that there's a connection between that and this. And what is it? Vitam Shaiftim. The reason after the Torah talks about going to the base of Mikdash, it follows up with judges. That ah, you have an obligation to go. three times each year, to the place of the priests who are the servants in the house of God. And the Pesach says, that the Jad, we have it also in the Arkei Nashiba Yom Mahim, that one of the functions of Kayhim were to be scholars and Mayra, Paskin Aloches, Visham Tishamehukamishpatam. You'll say to yourself, hmm, I can go to the base of Mikdash and I'll find myself an impersonal judge, someone who doesn't know me, who's a Kayyid, who can teach me all the Halachas, says they have a Nezra, Liyastik, Lachas, not enough. You have to have a local court system. So the tailor says, you're going to the Beis three times a day. You have to have a court at home too. Were the Kohanes uh, always sitting on the Sanhedrin? It was preferred. It was preferred that Kohanim and Levim and Miuchasim. Kohanim, Levim, and people with good genealogy, with, with a known uh, genealogical past. Halakhically, uh, it wasn't required. Again, said they can sit in a court too. Convert and so on. But it was preferred to have people who are more meyuchas. The Meishar Rabbeinu said, One of the functions of the Kahuna and the Leviya was to be scholars. They were spiritual people. That was their role. They were supposed to be involved in spirituality. And Paskin Halochas. Okay. Now. Let's do this opponent first. I'll put him as a trip. Let's do the supporter first. Page two. Now I skipped that Amban. Okay? The reason I'm skipping that Amban is because everything that Amban says, I already told you. In Gemara. In the Gemara. That you have to have a state and a federal and a state and a local. And also what I said to you about the difference between Etisrael and Chotas. He says, Mamish, the same Gemara that we read over there. But at the same time, the idea of having it in every city and every state was only in Israel. So the Ramban is essentially repeating the Gemara with the commentary that I gave, which I took from the Ramban. I don't think I'm no, I make it up. So we're going to skip the Ramban. But the Ramban is very detailed and very, very uh, clear. Okay? The Sipunu adds a kvetch, and that is, Achar HaMitzvis Lahamoyim. Right here. Mm-hmm. In the previous parsha, yos, that would mean to say, Ekev and A, we had many, many commandments that were for the individuals, for the private citizens. At this point, we begin to speak not to individuals, but to leaders. And to be sure, there are few parshas in, in the Chumash whose name is more obviously correct than Pasha Shrift. You know why? Because from the beginning to the parasha, till the end of the parasha, that's what it talks about. It talks about judges, it talks about kings, it talks about prophets. The whole parasha reflects the word shayftim. There are very few parashas in the Chumash where the name of the parasha so explicitly exposes the content of the parasha. 
says the Sipunu, we dealt with people, now we're dealing with leaders. Pasha Shaftim deals with leadership and their obligations. And of course he says, what's the power of a leader? They're the judges, the kings, the priests, the and the prophets, all of which are discussed in our Pasha. If they have fairness and equity and justice, the whole population is going to be just. And if they're corrupt, the whole community becomes corrupt. This is the power of leadership. This is the power of leadership. It's true even in a democracy, but it's especially true in, in the ancient world. It's so much power. And when you had a good leader, the whole civilization was elevated. And a corrupt leader, and a moral leader, they dragged everybody down. And this is the responsibility of a leader, to understand that he's liable, he's responsible for the sins of the whole population, because he leads. He leads, they follow him. This is the support. Okay? And that's enough. Just do me one favor. The Sipurnu Noisein, the last word of the, of the first wide line. Hashem gives you. It shouldn't say Noisein. Right? It should say, um, 